Hey, good evening, monsters. Welcome to the show that made Philippine FM radio talk. It's called Heard on Thursdays on The Monster. I'm your host, Nikki Porter. Now they say good food is a celebration of life. And with the holidays fast approaching, it's already September next week, guys, just saying. You can expect a lot of it. So you got Christmas parties, family reunions, friendly gatherings, all those events wouldn't be complete without a very hearty meal. Now, as much as we all would like to stay mindful of the food we stuff our bellies with, it's really difficult not to overindulge. And what happens after that? The guilt sets in. And then we try to make up for it by going on a crazy, unrealistic diet, which we usually end up breaking at some point. And then we end up binging. Diba? True story. And then we repeat the process over and over again. So tonight on HOT, we're going to talk about yo-yo dieting, better health regimens, how to build a better relationship with food, and more. And know a little bit more about some ideas that we that have either been passed on or, or just that we've gotten off of social media also with regard to health and fitness. So our guest is functional nutrition coach, Christy Arocco. Armed with a degree in psychology and her certifications as a personal trainer and nutrition coach, she uses her personal experiences of being a serial yo-yo dieter or a former serial yo-yo dieter and the dark days of her postpartum season to help women. She makes her metabolism run faster now, or she helps make their metabolism run faster and ultimately get them out of the dieting hamster wheel. Heard on Thursdays, let's welcome to the show functional nutrition coach, Coach Christia Rocco. Hello. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much, Christia, or Tia for short, for joining me uh, this evening. So, I want to like let's let's get down to business. Para mulan lang. Um, <laughs> what is one thing or one frustration that you have with regard to your profession uh, when it comes to food and fitness that you wish people knew more about? Ah, that it's not all about a calorie deficit because uh, yeah. we're all so primed that it's about losing weight mm -hmm. to get to the goal or eating less. So yeah, it's not all about eating less or being on a diet that will get you to your goals. Yes. And for many of us now who want to go on this journey, the concept of wanting to eat more or the concept of eating just a little bit more can be daunting if you are so focused on like, no, I got to keep my weight down. I have oh, to yeah. keep, um, keep uh, losing weight because mm -hmm. I'm not yet at, in my, uh, at my goal yet. So yes. Um, so many people, they try more than one fad diet, more more than one workout routine, different eating habits at different intervals in their lives. And this causes mm -hmm. us to shed weight and gain it and lose it and gain it all over again. So in the long run, we're talking about yo-yo dieting, of course. Mm -hmm. So yo-yo dieting, is it actually detrimental to our health? And how so, if ever? Yes, yo-yo dieting is detrimental to the health. It's not actually that you, it's detrimental in that it's not the actual deficit that is challenging for the body. It's mm -hmm. the never getting out of the deficit oh. properly, right? Okay. So, for example, like what you mentioned, uh, statistics show that a person's first encounter with their coach, with a coach, a certain coach, it's going to be in the form of a calorie deficit. So mm -hmm. another, again, diet, right? But what we know now is that when you're constantly eating less and less and less, the body also adapts. The body is an efficient mean machine. The body adapts so that if you're getting less fuel from your mm -hmm. food, then your body also tries to make do with that little fuel. It slows down. Hormones slow down that, let's say, for example, before you could lose weight at 1,500 calories. Mm -mm. Now that becomes your new normal. Now you are maintaining at 1,500 calories because you never got out of a deficit. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. Yeah, it and it's and it's something, and I like that you mentioned like 1,500 calories because for many 
people even go down lower to 1,200 calories because yes. for one thing, it's an option in a meal plan. Eh, na para <laughs> so random, right? Yeah. So, but, but I, I don't, can you shed light? Na para, 1,200 I've read is something like a younger person. A toddler. Should, yeah. Oh, that's a toddler. A toddler. Calories. A toddler's consumption. Yes. A toddler's consumption. I've had clients who come in at, you know, they're, they're eating at 800 calories. And I asked them, who said it's 800 calories? Lower than 1,200 now. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, 1,200 is a number that should not be treaded um, very, very lightly. Yeah, because I mean, true story. I mean, I'm. This is relevant to me also because before I did a meal plan of around one thousand two hundred, and I'm just like, and I didn't know like this is a toddler's like diet recommendation. <laughs> pala. I had no idea that it like it's not supposed to be for adults like us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, while I did lose weight, it was just like I was just hungry all the time. I like by the by the end of the day, I'm just like I'm craving for something. So I just try and drink water i don't know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of us have gone through that journey that in the part okay less calories if we do this meal plan 1200 it'll probably help pero nung pala <laughs> 1200 is really um not enough for like an adult yeah. body to yeah to what's that to, like the fuel to function yeah to function yeah yeah just a bare minimum function wow and i was gonna I- ask you if you, when you went on that 1,200 calorie diet, did you actually, like, how long were you able to keep up at eating that way? It was maybe like a few months. Because it was like, okay, let's do this for a few months, like three months. But it got to a point that I had to adjust to one what 1500 calories such that like I would supplement it with like a smoothie. Maybe I don't mm. take the dessert or the snack. But I will supplement with the smoothie, which is a little more. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I need to feel satiated after. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Para, so yeah, I don't think it lasted just the 1,200. I don't think it even lasted a month. <laughs> yeah. And also, when you think about it, if you're able to last, let's say, three months with it, of course, you're going to see results. Like what you said, you saw results, right? But were you able to sustain the results as well? Yeah. Very short-sighted also, the results for very restrictive um, and very aggressive uh, deficits like that. Yeah. And well, so it, and it's really good to know better now because like one, so 1,500, that was, is that enough at least for a female? I don't know. Like, how does it, how does it work then? 1,500 is like a sweet spot or something? Okay. For a typical Filipina um, mm-hmm. who is not that active, let's say, you know, to be objective, right? Many women now or many people now have their uh, Fitbits or, sorry, their fitness tracker watches, right? Mm -hmm. That can measure their steps. So sedentary level is like 3,000 steps. So if you're hovering at like 3,000 to 500, 3,000 to 5,000 steps per day, Mm -hmm. and you're, let's say, working out two to three times a week, Mm -hmm. A typical Filipina, petite Filipina, should be able to maintain their weight at around 1,700 to 1,900. That range. Ah, okay. That range. Maintain. Maintain Mm -hmm. that weight. So if we go down in a deficit, let's say a 15% deficit, depends, the more aggressive, they can see changes at 1,500. Now, it's higher, definitely higher than what you're used to at 1,200, but Mm -hmm. you can keep up at it. Like you're more satiated, you have more, you're more, um, you're more fueled to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can sleep well. Because another factor of fat loss or weight loss also is that are you still able to recover? Are you still able to like sleep better? Right. Um, because sleeping is such a big, big, big part of weight loss or fat loss too. So it's not, it's not about just um, the more the better. The more aggressive, the better. It's mm-hmm. fat loss is a game of patience and um, being consistent, consistency and patience. 
Yeah, I think a lot of us <laughs> find the patience part a little challenging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, it, it's the, I think that's a frustrating part now about um about when it comes to our uh eating habits because it's like it's so hard to lose weight but so easy to gain. But um mm-hmm. yeah, so far it's like why? Why does it have to be so hard? <laughs> Actually, you, so you know what? It's not that hard to gain weight if you're okay. It's not, it is, it's easy to gain weight, but it's not easy to gain fat, one true pound of fat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's... So let's differentiate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a big difference between weight loss and fat loss. There's mm-hmm. a big difference between weight gain and fat gain. So for you to gain one true pound of fat, you need to be eating. 3,500 calories on top of what you're usually eating. So for example, for me, if I'm maintaining my weight at 1,800, then overnight, if I gain one true pound of fat, then that means I should have eaten 4,300 calories in a day. And mm-hmm. that's very, very hard, uh, 4,300 calories. Because in my po- in my pregnancy, in my pregnancy, um, when I had my complications with my pregnancy, I was shooting for 3,000 calories, and that was a lot. Oh. That was a lot. So to yeah. shoot for 4, 3, that's, that, that's, that's gluttony. So remember, if your weight shoots up overnight, let's say it's 1 pound, 5 pounds, overnight it shoots up, it's not, it's not fat that you gain. It's water. It's just mm-hmm. water. So yeah. what you said that to gain weight is um easy yes it's easy but to gain one true pound of fat that's hard yeah i think this is something that a lot of listeners and a lot of people who are frustrated with their weight need to know that in because again <laughs> another because i'm i'm also in a let's say like fat loss journey instead of weight loss mm-hmm. journey it's like fat loss journey and i like it it was it was very enlightening like when most of it like when you see your weight fluctuate it's really with like water retention mm-hmm. and, and i'm so glad i was able to learn this because i i didn't really panic as much anymore or mm-hmm. i didn't feel like demotivated to mm-hmm. to go and keep uh, keep going and keep showing up at the gym and uh, mm-hmm. keep eating the right foods so um for water retention though is this different with women um because of our like periods yes definitely so this is why i like coaching women because we're more complicated beings in general super complicated not just with mentally and psychologically speaking but our hormones dictate so much of our physiology Mm. so when we lose when we try to go on a fat loss phase right our hormones dictate so much of what happens to us that even on the weight the movement of the weight so for example um, if you have a regular menstrual cycle, let's say a 28-day menstrual cycle, but not all people, not all women have a 28-day cycle, so 28 right. to 34 days, right? Usually, you will ovulate at like day 14, usually. So the first part of your menstrual cycle is what we call the follicular phase. So to make it easier for you, follicular first phase. Mm-hmm. The second part of the menstrual cycle is the luteal phase, so last, last mm-hmm. luteal, right? In the first phase of your menstrual cycle, the dominant hormone there is estrogen estrogen helps with making you feel strong and in the dominant and then in the follicular part part of your menstrual cycle you're more insulin sensitive that means your body is able to process carbs much 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 better this is the reason when so this is the reason that when you are let's say working out right when you're working out after you bleed you feel strong like you can hit a lot of prs and your weight is kind of stable right Mm -hmm. but then by the time you ovulate and then towards the time that you are gonna bleed na the weight will shoot up the man even with the same amount of calories you're eating basically the same you're everything is the same sleeping Mm -hmm. working working out the same the Mm -hmm. weight is gonna shoot up why because in the last part of your menstrual cycle it's progesterone the man that is more dominant so progesterone is protective the thing with progesterone is that it activates Sorry, it's very, very technical. But I, when I learned this, I'm like, so many, so many, dapat sinabi ko sa akin eh. Like, they should have told me this. Mm-hmm. But uh, progesterone activates aldosterone. Aldosterone is a hormone that is primarily responsible for salt 
water balance in our body. Ah, okay. And so when the when progesterone is high, then aldosterone makes you retain more water that when the hormones drop by the time you bleed, the water retention also goes down. Wow. So imagine if you're super into like looking at your weight on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis, and then you see that, holy cow, I saw my weight go up, and then it does not want to go down for two weeks, you'd be like, this is done. I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. You get so frustrated, right? Yeah. But then just stay on your lane, stay where you are, be consistent, just understand the education about it, the theory about it. And then by the time you bleed, you'll see your lowest log weight. Nah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that's the thing with, and we were never taught this, right? Yes, that's so true. And like, it, yeah. and and that's why that's why I'd love to, I I love to talk about this now because again, there are so many things like even in life in general, that we weren't really educated on. So this one, especially for women, to not really know how our body works, especially when it comes to fitness and health and everything. Like we just know, like a lot of or most of us just know, like okay, we're on our periods. There are different phases, but we don't know what it corresponds to and how our body mm-hmm. reacts to it. So mm-hmm. it's just really, you know, this one's, this, this episode's for the ladies. <laughs> the like, yeah. You know. yeah. Sorry guys, but I hope this will help the girl, the, the guys, the men out yeah. there understand what's happening to their ladies. Okay. Because I mean, if you have a wife, if you have a girlfriend or a partner, right. Mm-hmm. And that the, your partner tells you it's not working. This thing uh-uh. is not working. You'll, you'll be able to tell, Oh, you know, in her on Thursdays, I, I, I learned that blah, 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 and your your partner will be like, the mother's gonna have a sense of appreciation because you you're telling them that this is really what is happening. Yeah, it's educational for both men and women. So men, if you mm-hmm. want to support women, just keep it locked. Don't don't go yes. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I love also that because it's the first time I've actually heard of like a coach specializing in postpartum fitness so what was the journey like for you then you mentioned earlier you had some complications and even in your bio uh, it said that you had trouble trying to lose weight or shed uh shed fat rather um Mm -hmm. after after giving birth Mm -hmm. so um i was the typical postpartum mom that who wanted to snap back immediately Mm -hmm. after giving birth snap back like nothing happened so i was very impatient but not only was i patient but i also didn't know how to eat like i i I think i represent the normal filipina who likes their rice who likes their treats who does not like i didn't even know what protein then was how Mm -hmm. important it was etc so um i was led to believe that if i breastfeed i'm automatically gonna lose weight but little did I know that when you breastfeed, you're actually very ravenous. Like you're really <laughs> hungry, literally. And so um, that was a wake-up call for me. Like, hey, I'm not losing weight and I'm actually eating so much more than how I was before pregnancy. And so mm-hmm. I ballooned. I was actually heavier than before I gave birth in my two. So I have three kids now in my two uh, postpartum seasons. And by the second go, I was like, you know, if someone just told me what to eat, how to eat, I would literally sign up to that program, etc. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a nutrition coach, it was like my even becoming a functional nutrition coach. So there's that. But uh, that was my my dream to like really focus and niche down on postpartum moms because they really lack help. Like they really lack the science, the understanding of what happens after a woman gives birth what mm-hmm. happens that you can't just immediately lose weight what are the repercussions of right. you know trying to go on a diet if you're breastfeeding etc mm-hmm. and so yeah that's my that's my um that's why i niche down on postpartum fitness more than prenatal i'm more on postpartum fitness and i guess also because now i just gave birth i'm like to eight weeks postpartum mm-hmm. on my third child. So this is very, very fresh to me. Um, it It's a different animal. You know, post, um, post-pregnancy is a different animal for women. So mm-hmm. you cannot just tell them eat less. They go against the, the normal 
um, form of a woman that you need that they will just eat this and they will shed shed easily. It's not like that for them. So could you then um, shed light <laughs> on uh, for women who are listening or for men who have uh, who have expectant wives and yeah. or, or those who already have wives who, are, who have just given birth mm -hmm. um when it comes to postpartum fitness what makes it different so you're breastfeeding and mm -hmm. uh you can't just you know you can't just eat less so what is required yes. of you so that you can still be fit or start on that journey but not sacrifice you know your i guess your, your breastfeeding your milk supply. Okay. So when you're breastfeeding, you're actually required to eat an addition, let's say addition of 300 to 500 calories. That's a lot, diba? So some women, they think they struggle with milk supply because they're not capable of that part mm -hmm. of, but in truth, they're not eating enough, number one. Number two, you cannot intentionally lose weight because if you bring down your calories, so calorie deficit, your milk supply will get hit right but it does not mean you're gonna be like you know wherever you are at this state like miserable right in yeah. this phase because you're technically in a surplus calorie surplus you're actually very primed for muscle building and remember when you you can change a person's body composition not just by lessening their fat percentage but also by increasing their muscle mass Mm -hmm. Remember? So if you have, let's say, for a 130-pound woman um, with, let's say, a 15% body fat versus a 130-pound woman with, let's say, 20% body fat, their physique is very, very different, but their weight is the same. So mm -hmm. that's how I attack postpartum fitness. Exactly in my case now, I'm not in a calorie deficit, and I don't plan to go on a calorie deficit for quite a while but i'm already regaining i'm already strength training i'm back to strength training i'm back to lifting weights and my goal right now is because i'm eating a lot and that means i have a lot of um building blocks to make muscle so by the time i go on a calorie deficit when i'm ready you know mm -hmm. i'm ready to, to to sacrifice my milk supply i have a lot of muscle mass and already that when i shed the fat you'll see a lot of definition nah. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to. And not yeah. a lot of women understand that, mm -hmm. right? So they, for them, it's just seeing the weight go down. But you know, yeah. you can fit your clothes better, etc. Even if you weigh the same, because you're changing the composition of your body that you're having, you're building more muscle, and you're mm -hmm. also losing fat in the process. Yeah. And it's also, that's also another thing that, um, most women are like even just equal with men and women also like when you see the number go down or when you you don't see the number change and it can be a little demotivating once again but yes. then it feel you feel better yes better yes your body but every your clothes fit better and like you're, you're starting to see like cuts or something mm -hmm. so, like, um so it's something that a lot of us need to again it's I guess to have that kind of mindset na, you know, like give it time or just like trust the process though. No? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also that don't put all your, um, don't, I, I was going to say, don't put all your eggs on the wing scale. <laughs> but, I mean, the wing scale is not the ultimate measure of progress. I have mm -hmm. seen this many times in my practice where, you know, we're seeing the woman, our clients really lose weight, but I sorry, really go like lean out but mm -hmm. the weight is just the same like you can if i didn't tell you how much weight she lost you'll probably think she lost let's say 10 to 15 pounds but the weight is the same why because she's strength training we're really pushing muscle building for her now you'll say what if i don't want a strength trainer parang what is the why do i need muscle can i just like just focus on the weight right mm -mm. the thing with the strength training is that if you have more muscle you weigh heavier you have technically right if you have okay back up if you have um fat and muscle weigh the same but yeah. the space that they occupy are not the same mm -hmm. muscle is more dense so meaning it occupies less space compared to fat now remember also that if your weight also uh is used to compute how much calories you are able to eat 
to maintain your supply. So for example, if I am a lean woman with, let's say, a lot of muscle mass, but I'm, let's say, 130 pounds, I can eat the same amount as a woman who eats, who weighs at 130 pounds, pero bigger because she has more fat, body fat. So it's it's like if you you cannot just negate the factor of muscle because the muscle is what will make you eat more or capable of eating more. Wouldn't it be like the best of both worlds that you're lean right. and you can actually eat more? Right. Right? Like reverse engineer it. Instead of you focusing so much on the weight, why don't you focus on the physique, the look, and then work your way towards that you'll find you'll be very surprised that you can actually eat more if you focus on the physique instead yeah and like and it's something again something that a lot of us or again women that and um we some of them they they get kind of hesitant to want to build muscle because they might get burly or they get might yeah. get but in reality it's something about that you don't have enough testosterone testosterone yes we don't have enough testosterone to begin with the women that you see who like compete in these competitions they're on hormones mm -mm. like they're um they're, they they are taking endogenous uh, exogenous hormones or synthetic hormones mm. to make them look that way and there's a specific training diet around that for those who are competing but if you're like a normal gen pop woman you it's very very hard to build muscle as in like um you have that you have that gift of one year if you're a newbie mm -hmm. one year you're starting strength training you can see see a lot of changes because it's a new stimulus to your body but beyond one year and you advance you advance in training age it takes a lot to build muscle and that mean when i say a lot it means a lot of manipulation in your nutrition together with really strategic strength training talaga to build yeah. muscle it's in the i've been lifting for like three years before i got pregnant i never got to the point of like ganons and like sana maganda yung, yung arms ko etc but it's not it's not like that so don't yeah. worry about that ladies yeah, no, that that's so true. And uh, before I used to be like, no, I, I just want to do cardio. But it turns out I actually don't like cardio. I like strength training more than cardio. Yes, cardio is so boring. <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be. So um, also, I I do want to uh, bring the topic also to um, fitness and relating it into our the phases in our menstrual in our menstrual cycle. cycle. Um. Yeah. Because I've seen on social media how you should work out. I don't know if this is accurate, mm -hmm. so enlighten me on this. Um, how you should work out according to the different phases of mm -hmm. your period. So, mm -hmm. is there any truth to that? And what, how would it look like then uh, in a menstrual cycle? So this is what you call cycle syncing. Cycle uh, syncing okay. meaning you sync the movement or nutrition according to what's happening to your menstrual cycle. Okay. Um, typically or generally speaking, when you are talking about cycle syncing in the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle, you can really hit it hard. The body can, the a woman's body is going to be, is going to handle it mm -hmm. well. But then by the time you go into the luteal phase or the last part of the menstrual cycle, you want to tone it down a little. You want more restorative movement, let's say yoga, Pilates, etc. But to intentionally change your strength training or to intentionally change your training according that way, just because you don't need to. You okay. don't need to. You can just understand that, hey, in the first part of a menstrual cycle, I can hit my PRs. And then in the last part of my menstrual cycle, I will read it's understandable that I will feel weak, weaker. I won't have more that much motivation. I won't want to slow it down, etc. But it does not mean that I can't strength train. You can. You can definitely strength train. Just understand that there are nuances like that. And if you um if you're ready for that kind of education, it's you're gonna have more appreciation to uh, this is what happens to me. It's not that mm -hmm. you know I'm getting weaker or like, you know, um, something's happening outside that i can't uh, you don't understand it's literally the hormones in your body you just need to understand that you know yeah, the little 
the little differences here and there that make up the the let's say the strength the physique of the woman as she menstruates or as she goes into her uh, bleed yeah and which i and i love learning about this also because not only are you learning more about your own body as a woman but it gives you a different sense of appreciation or a deeper sense of appreciation with your body that in because it's like you're starting to understand it more it's like you like for me i'm starting to have a better relationship with my body na parang it's okay it's okay. yes 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 and i feel like when you have a deeper appreciation of your body it's also when the body starts to tr- respond to you because yeah. you're not fighting the tide yeah because right? when you're like if you expect that your body uh responds the same way as a man's body na straight yeah. line ng yung hormones nila you'll be really frustrated and you'll like berate it hate it like you're not doing what i want you to do right yeah. if if you know that hey this is really part of a woman's body this is what happens to me every how many weeks etc you'll understand that my body is doing exactly what it is doing mm-hmm. so it you'll realize that hey it's healthy with your menstruating um you're getting your bleed every month so that means you're doing it right Mm-hmm. You're doing it right that that particular month. Because I always uh, teach this that your menstrual cycle is your fifth as a woman. Mm-hmm. Men- your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign. So, but there are four health vital signs: your BP, your heart rate, your temperature. As a woman, our menstrual cycle is our fifth vital sign. If you get your period every month, that means you did well on that previous month. Oh. I did well. <laughs> <laughs> ba? Like before, you'd be like, Hassel, my period ako. Ganyan. But now, parang, it's a summation of what happened to you that month. That if you were able to bleed, that means you were able to manage your stress properly. You were able to eat well enough for the body to, you know, still have functioning hormones, etc. I love that. Okay. I mean, women, if you guys are listening, women, if you women are listening, I hope you guys are having a deeper appreciation of your own bodies like I am right now as I'm talking to Christia Rocco. Um, Also, uh, I do want to um, circle back to like the whole postpartum fitness, at least your journey, because uh, it kind of changed for you in when you started the macro count. So how yes. different is that from calorie counting okay so macro counting is basically paying attention so macro nutrients are protein carbs and fat mm-hmm. right it's a deeper level of calorie counting because you're not just counting calories you're actually counting how many how much protein carbs and fat you are mm-hmm. consuming and when you hit those numbers protein carbs and fat they will eventually redound to a certain caloric number. Yeah. So it's still caloric, calorie counting, but it's just a deeper, deep, it's a deep dive on the components of the calories. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this more beneficial? Because when you are macro counting, paying attention to these things, you can actually differentiate whether you're primed for muscle building. Because remember, when you're trying to build muscle, you need a lot of protein. Yes. It's like building a house, right? Mm-hmm. If you are doing the strength training, which equates or similarly parang um, the pagpupokpok, the pag, <laughs> um, you know, the other uh, things that go into constructing a house, but you don't have cement, you don't have wood, that's your protein. You're mm-hmm. basically working out, but you don't have the building blocks to make muscle. So if you're calorie, if you're macro counting that you are paying attention to that you're also paying attention to let's say carbohydrates. So for example, if you're not eating enough carbohydrates, it, carbohydrates is the body's main fuel source. So mm-hmm. if you're not eating enough, then what fuel source are you tapping from? Is it fat? So that's keto, right? And if you're not eating enough fat, so so the other the other side of this the man is super low fat diet, right? Mm-hmm. then you're also not taking into consideration that fat is primarily responsible for the production of hormones. So when you're going low fat, sometimes you'll lose your menstrual cycle. So you won't have any sex drive anymore because you're, as, lalo na for women, 
we have to have certain amount of fat in the diet to support the production of our hormones. Mm, okay. So it's not, it's, it's a very, it's, it may seem complicated, but when you take time to learn it, yeah. um, I challenge, I have a group coaching program, but I challenge them to take time for 12 weeks to do it, to learn how to, to learn how it looks like in your plate, how it's, how it translates into your everyday meals. You are setting yourself up for success for long-term success, even if you don't weigh in log food for the rest of your life. Wow. And, and I think it's, yun nga, parang, in, so it works hand in hand, like macro counting and calorie counting. But if it comes down to it, should we rely more on macro counting? I think more beneficial, you'll get more education, you'll get more bang for the buck. If you're already logging and Logging food, of course, if you're calorie counting, you should be logging food to see if you're hitting a certain number of calories, right? Yeah. If you're already doing that, might as well do the route of macro counting already, just so you really get to feel how it is how it is to eat, let's say, enough protein that you're not starving. Because mm. some, let's say, 1,200 calorie diets, mm -mm. you don't know how much protein it has. Yeah. It can be like predominantly carbs. If that's predominantly carbs, you're going to feel hungry but if like, let's say it has a lot of protein and fiber in it you're going to feel full there's gonna be a big difference between um it's the same amount of calories but the composition of calories is different gotcha okay all right and yeah. so um with with regard now to like calorie deficit we've been talking about that for for some time now and you also mentioned that you know people don't get out of calorie deficit mm -hmm. once they start because like we mentioned earlier it's kind of it's not for some of us there's that fear oh what if i gain weight again mm -hmm. so what would be the mindset to have or maybe you can, mm -hmm. you can drop some science then if you want mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to reassure to reassure mm -hmm. that you don't have to stay in a deficit forever and ever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there is such a thing as reverse dieting, literally the reverse of dieting where you're slowly increasing your intake. So we do a reverse diet for people who have been under eating in so long, like they got stuck to eating their deficit calories yeah. or people who are in their deficit, but they want to get out of a deficit. So that's reverse dieting for you. The main goal of reverse dieting really is to restore the body's um, hormones, optimal state. Because a calorie deficit is a stressor to the body. Mm -hmm. I, I think not a lot of people know that it's a stressor to the body. When you're eating less, of course, that's going to bring stress to the body. So what you want is that you get out of a deficit, you slowly increase your calories so that um, you get the body optimally running again, hormones, etc. Now, is there the main point of a reverse diet is that, but also if you're coming from a deficit, you'll want that you're not the weight your measurements will stay put with very minimal fluctuation in the measurements. Mm -hmm. You will gain weight if you reverse diet from a deficit because, of course, you're eating more food volume. Um, just a nugget that you know that for every gram of carb that you consume, you retain three grams of water with it, right? Uh -huh. So by the fact that you're eating more carbohydrates, right, you're, you're bumping up calories, you're eating more carbohydrates, you're also going to retain more water. Does that mean you gained weight? No. I mean, does that mean you gained fat? No. Yes, you gained weight, but you did gain fat. So the main point of a reverse diet coming from a deficit is that you restore the body's hormones, you get her or him to their their new maintenance calories where they're maintaining their weight, um, their weight while they're eating more, mm -hmm. and then... Um, get back the body to homeostasis. For the others naman who are, you know, coming from under eating, um, the outcome is different. Depends on how aggressive they were, how low their calories were. So if you're really coming from a really low calories and you've been doing that for a long time, mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's understandable that you will gain fat with it mm -hmm. um, because the body has been suppressed for so long, right? But um, there are others who... Um, we put them on reverse diet and not only do they gain 
you know, more calories with it, they lose weight pa and they lose more fat pa. Yes. Um, usually, it's amazing to see this and I feel like I'm like the superwoman for <laughs> my clients who experience this. Like, I changed their lives forever. But it's the this is what we call the hyper-responders, that their body has been so suppressed uh, from eating this much that when we sl slowly start feeding them up very strategically, grab it, and like you'll see talaga the body transform, literally losing fat because the hormones are starting to rev up. Mm -hmm. The hormones now are faster, they're able to burn more calories because you know they're able to sleep well, they're able to move more spontaneously, they're able to push in terms of their workouts. Yeah, so. Because if, as a sample, if you're under eating for so long, your propensity to move also lessens. You can't also push so much in the workout department, right? right? Mm -hmm. So those things play a role into like the physique also that you want and the weight eventually, of course. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I mean, so there is hope. I mean, this is also with regards to those who have been in a deficit or have been under eating for so long also. But mm -hmm. to know that there is also a way to do that gradually so that you yes. know you you are you don't get so scared to kind of to yes there is a way for yes. that it's i mean like it it would be reassuring for sure so that we can actually enjoy the food yes. <laughs> like on top of my head i have like five clients who you know coming from let's say their whole lives trying to fit themselves into like 1,300 calories, mm. etc. with eating that less. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, we get them to eating, let's say 1,900 calories. And then it's just a lot of energy for them. And then they're able to like, makakakita ka na ng abline, makakita ka na ng definition. And they have a better, I think the most important thing is a better relationship with food and their bodies. Like, so many people are so scared to eat. But, you know, diba? like what you said, nga, eh, uh, food is not just fuel. Food is social. Food is cultural. There are so many things that happen in our lives that revolve around food. And if you're scared, if you're scared to eat, if you're scared by the fact of eat, by the fact that, siguro, let's say you eat, let's say a size of cake, you'll gain the next day then there's a way to reverse engineer it. Mm. That's that's like, that's what I keep on saying. There's a way to go about it. And it will not come from being so gung-ho with the weight. Yeah. And and once again, it's that, it's one gram of carb is to three grams of water. Grams routine. of water. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just, yes. Just Number. <laughs> so the numbers are for you yeah. to gain one true pound of fat, you need to be uh -huh. eating 3,500 calories on top. So remember these girls. Mm -hmm. And then for you to gain, uh, for for every gram of carb that you consume, you retain three grams of water with it. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, and that also gives the importance. So that's why you can limit your carbs, maybe to like a healthy amount, but then like not. And then, like, supplement that with higher protein also. Mm. So that it's, mm. you feel more full um, in mm. your, your meals. So, yes. I love, I mean, it's also, it's fascinating to, to see food and fitness in a more scientific perspective because you gain a, it's better understanding. It's not just like visual lose, gain weight. And, like, it's not like one plus one is two. There's a lot no. of things that, yes, to play <laughs> that come yes. into play. Yes, yes, and it's not just you know movement, calorie burn. Yeah. No, it's not that that uh, you look at you constantly look at your watch. How many calories have I burned? No, mm -hmm. it's not that. It's like how much for me as a as a coach, I always talk about think about how much you can burn when you're not moving. If you are able to burn calories when you're not moving, when you're sleeping. That's like the dream, and that's mm -hmm. only going to come from being able to have build muscle, muscle, and not only is muscle. I think this is a common misnomer also that muscle is just you know physique. No, muscle has anti-inflammatory benefits to the body. It's the best anti-aging, not even supplement, right. but it's like the best 
anti-aging thing out there because it helps with insulin. It's so it it optimizes your insulin. It helps uh, optimize hormones for menopause. So if you have more muscle mass, it helps with um, converting your estrogen. So mm-hmm. in, in menopause, wala ka ng estrogen, diba? It helps with um, converting some testosterone into estrogen. So you have a little bit of those while you're in menopause. And then um, anti-inflammatory, anti-aging effects. Not only do you feel and do you feel better, but you also move better. So mm-hmm. another thing, another statistic, right? For when you fall, like mm-hmm. let's say you get an inj- let's say you fall and you have a hip injury, that increases your mortality by like twofold, by fifty percent, just by falling. Wow. So how do you prevent falling? You strength train. You you literally um, make sure that your muscles, your bones are able to support your movement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's it's your armor basically. If you think. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Protect you from from injury. But um, while we're talking about you know the science of the body, also you help achieve help women achieve their dream body through metabolism science. So mm-hmm. I've always I grew up thinking that our metabolism, oh, that's like genetics or something. But like how like how then do you utilize metabolism or you know kind of engineer one's metabolism to work for them instead of against them because in, in iba it depends i think for me before like i used to think that metabolism sucks because mm-hmm. i'm always tired ganon after workout ganon so uh, how how do you, how does this manifest in terms of you coaching your clients yeah okay so just the general background you hear this all the time right that oh i'm already 40 so my metabolism is slow that's why it's important to lose weight right but that has been debunked already by research that your metabolism actually doesn't slow down as you age um your metabolism slows down from constantly dieting and from being sedentary Mm, the only time your metabolism slows down is by the time you reach 60 and that's because of hormones so menopause, etc. Right. So when I say by me- by making their metabolism run faster or by through metabolism science, it basically means by muscle building. Because metabolism equals muscle. The more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone tells you that, hey, my metabolism is like a 40-year-old woman, etc then that 40-year-old woman must have been dieting hard for most of her life and being sedentary because it should not slow down. It should not slow down. And the way you combat that is you make sure that you get out of a deficit. There, you know, at certain periods of the year long that you're def- that you're like in a deficit, most of the time you're maintaining your weight and then you're really strength training or trying to be um, building muscle. Okay. Gotcha. So metabolism can, uh, should not slow down at least until you're 60. So if you're 40 yes. year old, it's not an excuse. <laughs> yes, it's not an excuse. I think I speak for my, for the clients that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, our clients come in, you know, complaining that um, bagal ng metabolism, et cetera, that, I, that, that they're stuck with eating this much. And then yeah. we literally reverse it. But it's like, you got to break up with a weighing scale. Because as we build muscle, then that means there is a possibility that you will weigh higher. But does that mean you gain fat? No. It just means you're gaining muscle and the physique should relatively remain the same or get better. Gotcha. Okay. And so now um, I do want to ask some questions that are pertaining to, I guess, some general fitness term, not terms, but like ideas that we've learned throughout the years that end not too far back naman, but just like maybe in the 2010s at least um people like when it comes to working out people always um i always hear this term like um like you can't spot you can't fat you can't do spot Spot reduced yeah 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 so, um, like, for example, if you're doing ready core workouts, upper body, lower body exercises, like, you, th- those are your target areas. Na I, personally, I want my arms to get smaller. And I'm doing a lot of arm workouts. Pero ayaw, gumalaw, <laughs> yung, yung, yung fat. Muscle arms, yeah. 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 So, 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 
Yeah, There's no have, such thing as spot yeah. reduction. Um, it's primarily mostly genetics that will dictate where you will lose first. Oh, so no. there are, you know, I don't, they call it resistant body parts. <laughs> Yung mga, no. hard to talk, mga hard areas. So there, your genetics will most probably dictate where you will lose first and where the body fat will stick to and mahirap to move. But it does not mean that it cannot budge. It will just mean you have to be very strategic with calorie deficit. It may take you multiple um, cycles of calorie deficit maintenance, calorie deficit maintenance to shed the body fat there. Um, and also, you also remember that the workouts are not there to make the body part smaller. It's nutrition that dictates whether you're going to lose weight, fat, etc. So mm -hmm. if you're working out, and you're not eating in a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose fat or weight. But if you are working out and you are in a calorie deficit, you are going to lose fat or weight. Mm. Where? That's genetics. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I, that's why it's like, um, and I think that's also a, what do you call this? Sometimes it's false advertising then eh, for some na parang who say na parang lose belly fat or lose um like have leaner arms or something when you do this workout when in reality yun nga kasi alam ko you can't spot reduce yes it's like it's clickbait but <laughs> yeah 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 there you can spot build there yeah. is such a thing as spot yeah. building so if you want like nicer deltoids or like butt Diba? Yeah, then yeah. you hammer those body parts. But to make them smaller, hindi, that's really going to come from nutrition. And then as I said, it's really genetics that will dictate whether you're going to lose it first or last. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> so it's genetics. Okay, <laughs> so next question is, um, you mentioned this in a podcast before, um, like the significance of 10,000 steps. And for many yeah. of us, like, we have our tracker, diba? we like to count our steps, etc., etc. But what is the significance of 10,000 for one? And mm -hmm. why, like, and why should we reach 10,000 steps? Not necessarily every day, but I guess most days of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so 10,000 is a random number. It's a very random number. Okay. Yes. Um, but studies show that if you, for overall general health, mm -hmm. you want to be hovering at like 7,500 steps. There was a study that came out in 20, in the middle of the pandemic, like ano pa, um, 2020, when people were transitioning from the gym to home workouts, etc. Um, that what it would take to lose uh, body fat or weight, how many steps, etc. And they learned that on top of one hour strength training workouts, they need to be doing hitting at least 8,500 steps to induce fat, uh, fat oxidation or fat, yeah, fat oxidation. So 10,000 is a random number. But I also want to share that if it makes you, you know, having that target, 10,000 steps makes you move more, encourages you to like, you know, at least get up from your chair mm -hmm. and take a walk, etc. Then why not imbibe or subscribe to that 10,000, etc. step? But to say that, you know, the 10,000 step is that, no, it's not that way. And um, steps is just a way to objectively measure non-exercise activity thermogenesis so non-exercise activity thermogenesis is movement that is spontaneous throughout the day it's not mm -hmm. exercise so there's a big difference between exercise activity thermogenesis and non-exercise activity thermogenesis the main difference is that sa exercise the eat exercise activity thermogenesis there's an intention to raise your heart rate mm -hmm. with neat there's no intention to raise your heart rate so um, need comes in the form of steps, comes in the form of chores. Pagkukuyako, do you know that when you're tapping your knees or you're tapping your yeah. knees? That's yeah. part of need. <laughs> and studies show that when you're actually eating more, you actually spontaneously move more too. And that more and need contributes to 15% of your total calorie burn for the day. Your workouts only contribute to 5%. What? Yeah. So if what? you're working out, 
let's say one three times a week and the rest of the time you're sitting down it's not enough you want to be leveraging spontaneous movement throughout the day but wow. the way to objectively measure it is through steps yeah because you can't like how many how many how many minutes of chores right yeah, yeah. that's so it's true. not that's i mean okay that that's kind of like that's groundbreaking for you know to know like it's like the, the neat constitutes to 15% compared yeah. to an actual workout, which is only 5%, which yes. is like, that's a shocker. So like the bottom line is really, you have to keep your body moving. Yes. Yes. What you do. So for example, all of us at 24 hours, you sleep, let's say eight hours. So that's 16 mm -hmm. hours, waking, waking hours. Right? You let's say work out for one hour. What do you do in the 15 hours mm -hmm. after the workout? If you're, sedentary and just sitting down it's not enough yeah yeah it's uh when i learned that i'm like <laughs> why didn't they teach us this yeah i mean yeah. actually ever like what some of the things that you you've um brought up today but i've just learned recently and i love mm -hmm. which is, but it's good to learn it now than never because mm -hmm. adapt and you can adjust accordingly like how you want your lifestyle to look like if you want to have you know a, a, like a dream body or something mm -hmm, or a dream mm -hmm. style a dream fit lifestyle or something mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um there's also a, i i heard like a tip from uh someone on social media if you're <laughs> a phone call like from your for your smartphone like do the like do the walk because neva people roam around randomly or yes, do the walk yes. and actually take that call don't sit down so I'm like, yes oh, yes yeah <laughs> i have clients who in the middle of let's say a zoom meeting they're marching in place oh, just yeah. so they're not sedentary yeah. yeah yeah so if you are able to go and take a walk while you know you're on a bluetooth speaker yeah that's also good right you get those little things they add up and they will make a big difference there we go. You don't have like focus on the neat also, guys. Yes, <laughs> get those steps yes. in. Get those steps in. A couple of questions left. Um, let's. There's this term, and it's been a few years. I think since I was in high school. I think this was. Um, mm -hmm. This was introduced. Uh, it's called like fasted cardio or fasted mm -hmm. workout. So, are there actually like benefits to working out in the morning before eating, and what are the downsides, if ever, also? Okay, so it does not matter if you're doing fasted cardio or non-fasted cardio because what will ultimately matter is your total caloric expenditure or total caloric intake for the day. For example, if you're doing fasted cardio but at the end of the day, you're eating 1,500 calories mm -mm. versus someone who is not doing fasted cardio but she's still eating 1,500 calories, it's the same. It's the same banana. Really? Yes, so that's the research. That's the research about it in terms of fat loss. Now, in terms of hormones, in terms of hormones, it can go both ways, meaning there are people who will benefit from fasted cardio. And these are the people who have high insulin or high glucose um, mm -hmm. in their bodies, right? Yeah. Like, you know, pre-diabetic because they want you want that they're able to move the glucose already in the morning. Yeah. Um, so that can be something that they do. But I personally um, suggest that hindi siya fasted strength training, like fasted yeah. walks, like low impact. Yeah. Low yeah. So it's not a lot of stress to the body. Um, as opposed to, naman, let's say, those who are under eating, you know, in a calorie deficit, I prefer that they're not doing their workouts fasted because mm -hmm. they can't push. Yeah. They can push in the workouts. And the primary reason why, you, why you're working out is you want to retain or build muscle, right? So if you're like, you're, you're, you don't have energy because you're, you're fasting, right? then it, 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 it defeats the reason of um, working out. You want to push when you work out. Yeah. Because, uh, but doesn't, uh, like, you know, because you use up like your glycogen stores, right? If you're in a fasted mm. state while you're working out. So how is that more, be I mean, it's un it's beneficial for pre-diabetic uh, individuals, but can't it be beneficial also to those who aren't? Um, 
there is a my uh so far what i'm learning is that it can actually cause more stress to the body ah okay yeah so um fasting especially if you're doing it for long periods of time like you're fasting for a lifestyle it actually causes some hormones to get disrupted mm-hmm. that what i'm studying now is that i'm it becomes resistant to weight loss eventually the hormones rebound if you're doing it for a long period of time and so what you want is in terms of fat loss you really want to be taking care of the hormones and you don't want to be pushing the body too hard so if you're in a calorie deficit okay i i think the best way to think about it is that when you're in a calorie deficit but that's a stressor to the body Mm -hmm. the body think about the body only having one stress bucket all the stressors go into that bucket. Mm-hmm. So a stress deficit, a, a calorie deficit is a bucket. Lack of sleep is a bucket. Workout, uh, sorry, lack of sleep is a stressor. A, stra- mm-hmm. a calorie deficit is a stressor. Um, mm-hmm. What's this? Workouts is a stressor. But we like that stressor because the adaptation is you build muscle. Mm-hmm. If you have a stressful life, you're under chronic stress, like your work, etc. You want to be managing that bucket that it's not over, over or it's overspilling. Yeah. And how you manage that bucket is that you control the stressors that you can. And most of the time, the stressor that you can control is the workout. Because you're already in a calorie deficit and then you do, you add another layer of stressor, which is a workout. You want to pull that back. Because mm. everything funnels there. The body cannot differentiate stress from physical emotional mental psychological it's all the same for the body it will produce cortisol or stress hormone gosh i mean it's 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 a music i guess in that sense like stress is like stress is stress your body will respond accordingly to it (laughs) yes 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 so um if you lead a fairly high stress life Mm -hmm. what you want is that you are doing activities that are more restorative for you. So this is the reason why if I have clients who are in deep stress, we pull back on the workouts. Mm-mm. Literally, we pull back on the workouts, no workouts. And then mm-hmm. we feed them well so that the body is able to balance the hormones. We don't fight the hormones. And by the time they're ready to go on a deficit, when it's a much better time, then we can push the body. You cannot push and push the body all the time. That's what we know now already. Uh, so it's it's also like again it's with understanding your body and being kind to yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's also learning that everything, uh, the stressors, it's not just in our heads. It can also be like physical stress. They're the same for the body. So hindi ibig sabihin na it's just in my head. Eh. It, yeah. I can work it out. Can it's the same for the body. The body will manifest the same way as if it's a physical stress. You want to be balancing everything. The body likes to thrive in balance. Mm, there we go. I, I think that's something that we need to like instill. <laughs> the body needs to be balanced. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That understanding for it. So, okay, final question. Let's assume, let's assume we've shed our fat and we've achieved our dream body. How do we maintain it now so we avoid yo-yoing back to gaining weight? You reverse, you really have to reverse diet. You have to reverse diet, you have to slowly increase the intake. Imagine you're able, when you are when you do a reverse diet re- well, mm-hmm. you're able to enjoy the fruits of your physique while eating more. Okay. Imagine right. that you're not going to be stuck at, yeah. let's say, 1,200, 1,000, whatever mm-hmm. calorie you were trying to hit. And then you're eating more. That is the dream that you're able to eat more. Sabi ko nga, it's always a, a, a parang best of both worlds. Stay lean, eat eat more. Stay That's lean. the other goal. That should be a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, stay lean, eat more. <laughs> diba? And that only is possible through muscle building. Sorry, girls, if you're into like, you know, if you're scared of muscle building, I encourage you to read up on, you know, muscle building, the benefits of muscle, etc. It's not going to make you bulky. It's not going to make you burly. It's not going to make you look like a man. Hmm. What will make it, what will differentiate your body from a bulky muscle to a lean muscle? It's just the same. Walang bulky muscle, walang lean muscle, okay? 
what will differentiate is the nutrition. To say if go. it's a bulky muscle, then that means there's fat covering it. But if it's lean muscle, that's just a marketing term. But if it's lean muscle, there's not, there's no fat covering it. It's just muscle. There we go. And that is the dream, even for yes. me. Yes, that's <laughs> the dream. Yes. Yeah, even for me, even for me. Yeah. There we go. Well, thank you so much, Christia. Um, I am out of questions, but I feel like I've learned so much today. Thank and you. I thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm hoping like listeners and viewers also will take notes during this uh during this episode because uh it's really it's really enlightening and it's really it really gives you a deeper appreciation for your body and teaches you to be kinder to your body if you feel mm. like your the number on the scale isn't going yeah. down like yes. to have that understanding is so important so thank you for imparting your knowledge with us now before we go um you can uh, like feel free to say hi to anybody or plug in also your socials uh if uh, if they want to consult with you or, you know, if they have any questions with regard to weight loss or fat loss and achieving yeah. their body. Yeah. So you can find me on Nutrition by Christia at Insta on Instagram, uh, message me, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to put out reels, content that uh, has a, nuggets of information, like basically what we talked about <laughs> and uh, if you're a postpartum mom and you're struggling, you don't know how to go about it, reach out to me. Um, we're going to be doing like a group coaching program. I'm going to be coaching while I'm in my own postpartum season. So that's <laughs> something that I do also. But other than that, um, I'm happy to have been given this opportunity to spread better education about deficits, nutrition, and in a way that is digestible to the common, to the common person. Um, and yeah, uh, this is a, I, I really enjoy doing things like this. So thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for giving me this opportunity. Yes. And thank you for taking the time again, uh, to, to share and enlighten us with what it is, what it is that we needed, what else we needed to learn about, yes. our bodies, especially for women. So there we go. That is it for Heard on Thursdays. Uh, catch us again next Thursday or catch me again next Thursday for another episode. For now, keep it locked only here on The Monster.